The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at Romans chapter 5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 60, The Evident, Evidence, and Faith. Part 4, Conclusion. We ended last week detailing two fundamental faith positions we can adopt. And by fundamental, I mean that while we are free in choosing which perspective we adopt, we are constrained to adopt one or the other. Or, as in most actual cases, a confused mix of the two. And that rationality builds its worldview on this chosen faith foundation. The first believes that being, that is God for Western theism, is good. The fundamental rational problem for this view, the one with which we have historically wrestled, over and over again, is the existence of evil. The second option is to believe that being is not good, which can mean evil or bad, but means at least that value is illusory, epiphenomenal, that the cosmos is indifferent. The fundamental intellectual problem for this view is goodness or value. How does value arise, and what is its status in an indifferent universe? We may roughly equate option one with Western theism, and option two with atheism, but the latter equation is so rough as to be nearly useless. Option two, like atheism, never stands forth in a pure form but is always mixed with elements from option one. I will try to elaborate on this problem below, but perhaps this is something that we will have to discuss at much greater length in other episodes of The Christian Atheist. In option two, there is rarely an acknowledgement, or self-awareness, that its rationality stands only on an implicit acceptance of a great deal of what is entailed in option one. I can judge the universe as flawed, or bad, or even as not good, only if I am conscious of value as standard. This does not imply a metaphysical position on value as real. Rather, it is a lived valuing, as we cannot function, cannot act, without assuming value. This is not value at the level of rational decision, but at the level of the evident, like phototropism in plants. Value is that at which we aim. I can apply value judgments only if value is, at some level, assumed as real. Creation can only be bad if there is a contrasting notion of good. I can arrogate God's position, as Hegel and Marx do, 
only if there is a position to arrogate. The position of God is part of what is given to us in the rationally evident, the indexical ideal. However, that there is a position to arrogate does not entail the existence of God. It means that one of the facts of human reason is that it has a placeholder for God. Again, it was Jean-Paul Sartre that convinced me of this. It is in this sense that we can think of the famous ontological argument for God's existence. I have never found it compelling as an argument for God's existence, that is, as a purely rational construct. But as a lived reality, it points clearly to a supreme being. It is these thoughts and considerations like them that overwhelmed my rational sense as an atheist. I acted, I realized, as if rationality in combination with the evident, what Orwell called in 1984 the empirical mode of thought, that is, science, is a reliable means of discovering truth, which in turn assumes, that is, believes, that truth is real, objective, and which in turn assumes that value is real, objective, founded in being. Could these fundamental beliefs be wrong? Yes, they could and can be wrong. This is why the debate is perpetual. Yet it is reason itself as a reliable tool for apprehending truth that stands in the balance. In short, I came to understand that atheism, not as it is often held by real people, which is an inevitable mix of both perspectives, but in its logical structure, was fundamentally at odds with the Enlightenment vision of science, with everyday life and value, and that it was, and is, parasitic on theism. Atheism is an always incomplete denial of a belief in an objective reality, truth, and value. It is incomplete because to remain rational, it must assume elements of theism. Theism is, as I learned most clearly from Jean-Paul Sartre, endemic to our rational natures. This rationalization alone, however, even when fully embraced as true, is still subject to the nearly infinite freedom of human rationality. Sartre was an atheist when he made the claim, and I remained an atheist for many years after accepting it. Why? Because atheism is the result, as we've been arguing all throughout the Christian atheist, of a far more fundamental choice at the most basic level of our human understanding. If, at this most basic level of reasoning, our fundamental premise is that our experience is illusory, that reality is not good, then there is no good reason to accept the evidence that is provided us in our experience. We may rewrite it 
at the metaphysical level. God may haunt our consciousness, as Sartre says, but that alone is not sufficient reason to believe it true. He made essentially the same argument for freedom. He asserts that in our conscious experience, we are freedom. But he says in being in nothingness that this experiential freedom may be consonant with a metaphysical determinism. It is on this consideration that I take great issue with Sartre, who I partnered with in opposition to Hegel in my dissertation. How is it that in laying out this case, he chose to believe in freedom, but on the basis of the same experience of the rationally evident, he chose to deny God? Hopefully, by now, you understand what is meant by the evident in our discussion. We have concurrently discussed the nature of faith, tracing it to our fundamental commitments in the face of uncertainty, revealed to us in the rationally evident. In our series on atheism, we defined faith in an extended discussion. Quote, God is evident to theists, a starting point for inquiry. But what is evident is not certain as the meaning of the evident isn't unambiguous. It is evident, for instance, that the sun travels across the daytime sky. But what this means changes as we understand more clearly to what that evidence points. The rational mind, then, is properly skeptical of the meaning of what is evident, uncertain. Faith is the determination to move forward or to act on the evident, despite its uncertainty. In this way, we more clearly articulate the meaning of the evident. That is, we find evidence for or against a meaning of what is evident. When atheists pretend that they want evidence for God, they are putting believers into the impossible situation that Thrasymachus put Socrates when he responded, quote, You're a clever fellow, Thrasymachus. You knew very well that if you ask someone how much twelve is, and as you ask, you warn him by saying, Don't tell me, man, that twelve is twice six, or three times four, or six times two, or four times three, for I won't accept such nonsense. Then you'll see clearly, I think, that no one could answer a question framed like that. Evidence for black holes only came about after we postulated the existence of black holes. Now, I don't mean that the evidence, that is, the reality showing itself, wasn't there all along. But the question of what the evidence was evidence of was unclear. What this proves is that the indexicality or intentionality of the evidence is a matter of human choice, not admittedly arbitrary choice, as it is severely constrained by the nature of what is evident, but chosen nonetheless which is exactly the picture of faith that I am trying to paint. Faith 
is the choice of the meaning constrained by that which is evident. I then gave a preliminary definition of faith. Faith is the determination to move forward or to act in the face of uncertainty. And finally, in this quotation from our series on atheism, I define certainty in this way. Certainty is the ideal of knowledge, of faith, but it must not be short-circuited here on earth. Certainty is the asymptote we approach through faith." End quote. We have now, however, driven back the discussion of faith to its origin, to what was hinted at here as a starting point for inquiry. If we are inquiring into something, we are acting intentionally, aiming at something. We have established that all intentionality assumes a value structure, as this allows us to choose what we aim at. Value, however, is the very condition of aiming. And what we mean by value is that which value intends. Value is thus circular, self-evident, axiomatic. It is part of the evident itself. It is the foundational launch pad for rational understanding. Without it, that is, without value, there is no rationality. In this episode, we have examined two different metaphysical positions on value. It is either one, objective and real, or it is two, subjective and epiphenomenal, not real. Option one corresponds to the claim that reality, or being, is good, as in Genesis, quote, God saw that it was good. Option two corresponds to the metaphysical claim that reality is not good, a denial that value has any real existence outside phenomenal subjectivity. On this view, value is not axiomatic, but something for which we must give an account. This is what I have called the problem of value for atheism. In the quotation above, I conflate what we have been calling the evident and evidence. It is time now to try to clarify the distinction between the two. The evident is experience of being, what Sartre called a phenomenological ontology including rational indexicality, that is, intentionality, whereas evidence is a rationalization of the evident as support for a metaphysical explanation of the evident. Evidence, then, is metaphysically loaded. When, for instance, we speak of evidence for dark matter, we have postulated the existence of something at the metaphysical level 
as an explanation of what is evident from the scientific data, from what we see, hear, and understand in our experience. We come thus to a definition of evidence. Evidence is that to which we refer as indicating that our rational explanation, our metaphysics, adequately accounts for the evident, our experience. Alternatively put, evidence is that which we present in support of a metaphysical, a rationalized account for the evident. Evidence must assume a metaphysical position to even be evidence, as it, like all conscious acts, is intentional. The evidence that points to nothing specifiable is anomaly, uncertainty, evidence of blank, is a pointer in search of something at which to point a common, indeed universal, experience. Metaphysics seeks to specify our intentionality. Thus, if we begin by denying at the metaphysical level, at the level of rational explanation of the evident, that the evident points to the ideal asymptotes of knowledge, to reality and truth, to value, the second option to which we have referred in this series, we can never subsequently find evidence for them without first altering our metaphysics. God is, on principle, absent from all evidence. To admit evidence for God, on the other hand, is to recognize that He is the basis for all evidence, for being and rationality itself. Atheism cannot find or admit evidence for God precisely because it is the denial of any possibility of such evidence. We must be honest. Our experience as human beings provides plenty of reason to suppose that reality is not good at the fundamental level that value is not axiomatic, but derivative. God is not great, wrote Christopher Hitchens, my favorite atheist. Life is hard. Pain is always looming. Death and destruction and uncertainty are all about us. Viewed from a material viewpoint, our world is utterly indifferent to us, and our value systems. Indeed, there seems to be no reason to see value outside the human sphere, the sphere of terrestrial life. There is good reason to decide against a good universe, against value as substantive and real. See, for example, the Christian Atheist podcast number 27 the strongest of all arguments for atheism. One might argue that this view is strongly supported by science, an argument with prima facie cogency, though one with which I stridently disagree. 
Actually, this is the view of scientism, the ideology of science, the hubris that science alone can answer questions without any axioms or faith commitments. This view is not irrational, it is hyper-rational, as it is the denial of the very foundation of rationality, value, in favor of a rational account. It is also, thus, fundamentally at odds with itself, as it asserts that truth, reality, and value are not absolute, but relative and epiphenomenal, while claiming that their rational account is true, real, and more valuable than what is evident. There is also, however, good reason to decide that value is real, objective, and that being is good, as God said. This, in fact, is our default setting, our rational experience of the evident, in which values are assumed, along with our freedom, that is our responsibility, to value order the evident. Our rational experience allows for both meaning choices, and in choosing which foundation on which we build, we exercise faith at its most basic level. 1. The cosmos is good. Value is real. Our senses can be trusted and, in conjunction with our rationality, can successfully investigate questions of truth, meaning, and value. Or, 2. The cosmos is not good. Value is illusory, and we have no good reason to believe anything at all other than our own phenomenal, that is, unreal, experience. These two faith positions necessarily condition everything else we do rationally. They become, consciously or unconsciously, unspoken premises in every rational undertaking, almost invisible at the smallest scale of lived life, but ever more influential as our thinking becomes more abstract and speculative. Atheism in its modern incarnations is, on this view, not the root of the tree, but one of the branches, anchored in a more fundamental life choice, a metaphysical faith that has relativized all existence, dissolved all reality, humanized all boundaries, becoming, as Marx said, quote, man revolving around man as his own true son. I chose, when I returned to theism, to believe that the evident revealed to me the truth, knowing that I was choosing between options that rationality alone could not decide. It was, for me, as it is for all of us, a choice of value. I want to live in a world where I can believe my senses, trust 
my reasoning, discover truth and meaning, and in which those things I value, those people I love, the beauty of creation, of literature, and art, possess more than relative or epiphenomenal value or meaning. It is only God's world that rationally does this. This is why I am a Christian. Quote, The poet is not a man who asks me to look at him. He is a man who says, Look at that, and points. The more I follow the pointing of his finger, the less I can possibly see of him. To be sure, there are all sorts of difficult questions hanging over us. But for the moment, let us thrust them aside. Whatever may turn out to be the whole truth, let us make fast, before we go a step farther, this aspect of the truth. To see things as a poet sees them, I must share his consciousness and not attend to it. I must look where he looks and not turn around to face him. I must make of him not a spectacle, but a pair of spectacles. In fine, as Professor Alexander would say, I must enjoy him and not contemplate him. Such is the first positive result of my inquiry. C.S. Lewis from The Personal Heresy. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.